previously on Transformers Chronicles. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue 20 and a showdown is a comment. What's going on? Oh, hi, Maggie. <sighs> Things finally got escalated over to snacks, and now John and Pat are going to have a showdown over it. I would have forgiven the chips, Pat, but the tacos, that will not stand. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. It clearly ain't. Th- this isn't a town. It's a podcast. The snacks aren't even real. They were part of a skit. This is way out of hand. We should probably stop this. Absolutely, and then you can stay and help us cover issue 20. Nope, no way. See you next month, though. Tell John I hope he doesn't die! (sighs) Come on, guys. You don't have to do this. Sorry, Delvin. A man's gotta do... What a man's gotta do. Draw! Oh, I already drew mine. Oh, I drew mine, too. Here, come take a look. Oh, it's me in my Robot Master costume. That looks pretty cool. Aw, thanks. Now you drew a Decepticon. It's Megatron. Oh, I didn't recognize him because he wasn't flying. And this is nowhere near the weirdest thing you'll hear about on this episode. It's High Noon on Transformers Chronicles, the Marvel Universe. Transformers Chronicles, the Marvel Years. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. I'm Delvin, a.k.a. The Dark Web. In case you're new to the show, welcome, and let me tell you what this thing is all about. We're going for a wild, crazy ride, chronicling the awesome, wacky, and sometimes corny world of Marvel, of Marvel? Of Marvel Comics, The Transformers. But I will not be going about it alone. Let's meet my chronicling companions. First up, a man, despite his lifelong love of comics, has never encountered Marvel's Transformers until now, and he wants to see what the fuss is all about with these robots in disguise. He is the founder of the Longbox Crusade. He has an import-export business that is now shut down from Planet Mongo. Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. How are you, Pat? Well, you know, I'm doing all right, Delvin. I'm doing good. I was wondering if you would want to come out and help me wash down this new car I got. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I can do that. All right. Yeah. Can I can I work on the hubcaps? Yeah. You know, you gotta wear these short shorts that I got from Mongo and the swim caps that I still got left. I'm just trying to advertise a little bit. Okay. Nice. A nice car wash. I've been doing squats. I can I got, got my legs looking decent, you know. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Guys, cool. You guys are turning me on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on down, John. Bring your car. It's only fifty dollars. We can make some money off of this. I like this. Yes. Waxing the hubcaps. (laughs) This beats Patreon any day. (laughs) Wax on, wax off. Next up, we have our Transformers expert, the lesser half of Mario Comics. I I would say, hi, Maggie, but she's gone. Those Flintstone feet work very fast. The provider of knowledge, Jonathan Schaefer. Hames, John, what's up, man? Hey, Delvin. Uh, Hey, 20 issues. That's... That's as many as two tens. Two tens? That is that is a quarter of the Transformers issues of the uh, volume one. 
Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I know. I think you'll find a quarter is 25, Delvin. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much new here, I don't think. It all kind of runs together. It's October as of the recording of this. October turns into a big recording month for us with our Mephisto versus the podcasters thing that always happens and other stuff. But I am happy to be here talking about Transformers. And how about you, Delvin? How have you been? Has your life transformed in any way? My life's about the same. Uh, Things are just uh, pretty nice and calm here in lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm burning my Bofa D's nuts candle. I'm sipping on some tea. (laughs) You've transformed, though, Delvin. Come on. People can't see it, but you got the beard. You shaved the beard. That's true. That's true. Like I I forgot about it since it's somewhat back now. It's been a little over two weeks. But a couple of weeks ago, I did. I shaved my beard completely off. And it's almost like I, I do it just for like literally just a regrowth thing. And yet. It always gets like the reaction, like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> you look so young. Which, you know what? I'm, I'm glad that I can have that because it's better than, oh my God, why did you ever shave that off growing back immediately? <laughs> <laughs> there could be that. So, so uh, you're right. There was a transformation. Yeah, this is a transformation into a, an evolving Delvin. You're now what, generation three, four of the beard? Uh, yeah, this is about, um, I started, this is not Beard Chronicles, but I'll keep going anyway. (laughs) I started really growing this thing about 2016. And it actually, like, when a a barber, when I was in Victoria, Texas, his name is Bailey. He had the whole old-timey barber set up and loves, like, the old-style barbershop. So he gave me a haircut and did my beard up. And I looked at it, I was like, holy crap, this could this could be a thing that I do now. I I never even thought that this could be serious. And so, yeah, I didn't shave it until I had a um, friend who got um, retired and I shaved it and put back on uniform a couple of years ago. That's the first time I shaved it. And pretty sharp looking back then. Yeah. And so I've shaved it every year since then. And yeah, you're right. This is about a generation four of of the beard that's now starting to grow back. Since COVID, mine just goes through its standard alternations between, you know, clean shaven and a scruffy street person. (laughs) And as soon as it gets too much like the one, I turn it into the other. You should definitely grow one. And then I, I can I can convince Pat. Like Pat usually has to go tea, but I can get him to grow. I can go full beard. Get him full can can you grow a full beard, Pat? Not on the sides, because I wish I could, because then I'd go with just straight lamb chops. See, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would turn you <laughs> it would turn you into tap. I just like saying lamb chops. <laughs> <laughs> lamb chops are delicious and they're pretty cool to look at too. <laughs> and it's fun to say. Those are mutton chops, lamb mutton chops. chops. You had to wait for the lamb to grow up before you chop them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Everyone, the purpose of this podcast is not talking about beards. We are talking about <laughs> Transformers comic books. Maggie goes away for 10 minutes and it's all about, you know, like boy facial hair stuff. <laughs> right? You know, well, somebody came to, like they wanted to hear some hardcore Transformers and they're like, what's this beard? Talk? I don't care. I can't even see them. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> We're starting with issue one, which we've done 19 podcasts ago and working all our way, working our way to the series end at issue 80. 
We will answer any questions that are brought up to the best of our ability and seeing how these books we loved as a kid hold up to our cynical adult eyes. This podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So gentlemen, it is time for a showdown and not not one of those fake showdowns where you're drawing and Megatron can't fly, by the way, but a actual showdown. Pilgrim, right after this promo. The Transformers will return after these messages. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. The issue we will be covering today is Transformers issue number 20. Here's John with the cover description. The corner box contains the usual pointing Optimus Prime underneath the usual for 1986 Marvel 25th anniversary logo. The Transformers logo and more than meets the eye are bright red, which nicely contrasts the yellow background, which I don't like, but I know is necessary because of the heavy blues of the main principles on the cover. Megatron faces off with skids 10 robot paces apart. In case there were any doubt in your mind that this is invoking an Old West-style showdown, Megatron has a word balloon by which he states, This town ain't big enough for both of us, Autobot. Draw! If you were still on the fence, there are even tumbleweeds drawn, but with the ground being colored green, they look more like a harvested wheat field, but I digress. Humans look on helplessly, and there are some nicely drawn houses in the background which do a good job in giving it a sense of scale. All I have to say about this cover is at least it didn't say, not a hoax, not a dream. So, Pat, what did you think of this? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the yellow background on this one, because I was kind of like taken back with it to it but you're right they can't just do a white because megatron's there and they can't just do a blue because of megatron and skids so i I guess it it does what it needs to do but i you know maybe a cloud or something in there wouldn't be too bad other than that yeah i like the scaling that's done do i need to see the girl in the cowboy boots and all that to them yeah it's all right but it's it's good to see the scaling of the human against the robot and the robots are, Megatron is definitely drawn decently along with skids as well too. So Delvin. It's an interesting one. Interesting in that if I had any interest in the Transformers and I saw that, I'm like, that's, that's kind of kooky, <laughs> you know? And they drew skids like I've never seen skids toy, but I'm going to imagine that's how the toy skids looks. Yes. Because, like, um, it looks like similar to the Ironhide or the Ratchet build of the toy, sort of, kind of. Uh, he's more like like Hoist was. You know, okay. he, that sort of thing is like a trailbreaker or Hoist kind of thing. But, yeah, I was going to mention that, too. So, so thanks, because I didn't. Uh, that This one, like 14, seems to be using his toy model for the cover. So they may have just had the toy model before they got got like the character bible model for the new new toys yeah it's not badly drawn i like the drawing of megatron i do actually like the humans there and i like that they gave you the feeling of the showdown you know 
Maybe the yellow could indicate a high noon. And then you got the humans dressed in the cowboy motif, sort of. And even though like Skids is drawn like the toy and clunky, I think both of the robots on the cover are well drawn. Not my favorite cover, but it's not a bad cover at all. What do you what do you got for it, John? You know, this is one of those covers that at any time someone could say, John, what does the cover of Transformers 20 look like? And I know that and I know it exactly. This mm-hmm. is one of the famous ones, but I really don't have that high of opinion of it. it it's definitely there as an eye catcher to try to get you to pick it up. It like skirts the issue like into abject corniness with having Megatron with the word bubble saying it like this because it actually does depict something that happens in the book. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. And the I think the ground would have looked better if it was done like like sand and those would be more obviously tumbleweeds. Because seriously they look like a, a wheat field when they roll those up. Or big Brillo pads. There you yeah, go. Big Brillo like, yeah, like Brillo pads. Something. It, it's still wool. <laughs> And I'm just saying that because it took me a couple of times, like looking at it to go, oh, those are tumbleweeds, you know, even though they should be obviously that in the motif. But I don't have anything to add than what's been said. All righty, then. Uh, if no one has anything else, we're going to rate it. You don't know. We rate things here on Transformers Chronicles on a scale of one to 10, like the tech specs on the toys back in the day. One being the lowest, 10 being the highest. We will turn it to Pat and ask Pat. Pat, what do you think? What do you rate this cover? You know, it, it's not one of my favorites. So I'm going to go middle of the road on this one. I'll go with a five. It's Will it pull me in? It a little bit does just because of the showdown aspect of it. But the rest of it, I, you know, I, I think this would be one that I would kind of want to wait if it was in my pile to read. Yeah. It'd probably be later on down yeah. the road because mm-hmm. that cover just ain't pulling me in enough to say, wow, I really got to figure out what's happening here okay john uh i agree with pat same reason it's a five i don't hate it i don't love it but i can't you know really gauge it anything else besides a five so so it's a five how about you i'm gonna give it one more i'll give it a six i'm I'm about the same as you guys though i think herb trimpy did a good job this is if i were herb trimpy and I have no idea if the gentleman is still alive or not or whether he attends cons or not. But if he did, I would have this as one of the uh, posters or one of the drawings that I would sell and see if I can get someone on some Transformers nostalgia kick that will pay $25 for it. And if I saw it and you caught me in the right mood, I might do it because it's one of those where it's like, hey, I think I might want to do that and get a kick of it. I think Herb Trump should take a bow on it. But I'm not the craziest about it either. I'm right at a six. Yeah, I could see that. This would be like one of those, you know, you don't want to, if you want to be that guy that's got something different, Mm -hmm. you know, go with an odd cover Mm -hmm. that's still nicely drawn, but isn't one of those iconic covers and have them guys sign it. That way, you know, you're not just like everybody else out there as, you know, I got the best one that everybody likes and I got it signed. Oh, I I bet you he's signed more than his share of this one. It'd be interesting to know. But for now, here's Pat with the credits for the issue. Well, Devin, I am glad you asked. We're going to be covering Transformers number 20. And its on-sale date was June 17th, 1986. But its cover date was September 1986. Story is by Bob Budiansky. Pencils, Herb Trimpey. Inks, Ian Akin and Brian Garvey. Colors go to Neil Yamtov. 
letterers Janice Chang, and editor Mike Carlin. You can read along with us in reprints in Transformers Comics Magazine number 10 from 1988, Transformers Showdown Paperback, and Transformers Showdown Hardback, both from Titan Books in 2003, or you can read more with Classic Transformers Volume 2 from the IDW Publishing in 2008, or the Transformers Classic Volume 2 from IDW Publishing 2012. And last but not least, the Definitive G1 Collection Volume 5, The Smelting Pool from, from 2019. And this is all thanks to Mike's Amazing World and TFWiki.net. Thanks, Pat. Let's get to the synopsis. It is a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is the world of the The title of this issue was Showdown. The end of last issue left quite a few threads for future issues to deal with. Will the Autobots come up with a combiner robot of their own? The Dinobots just stormed off. What will become of them? There are Autobots at the Space Bridge. Is anyone picking them up? So yeah, this issue is about Skids, who is left to die after a ravaged shot proton missile, as well as the Robot Master, who ravaged let escape from the makeshift Decepticon base at the coal mine, as well as the return of Jake Dalrymple, owner of a Lambo. Hey, it's a thread. Save the best for last. <laughs> Donnie Finkelberg, Robot Master, Ravage, and Skids are all hunting for something. Donnie for the Autobots so he can tell them of Decepticon plans. Ravage for Donnie. Skids, some peace for millions of years of war. Skids befriends Charlene who needs a nice ride and adventure in her life. They strike a kinship after Charlene finds Skids, gets him repaired, and they escape the clutches of Jake. Still with me? Good. Donnie finds Charlene and Skids right after Ravish finds them and the chase is on. In an abandoned gold mine town, a showdown is had made more complicated by Jake smacking the crap out of Skids with a lead pipe. Skids comes to his senses in time to save the day, displaying toughness usually outside of the realm of any anthropologist not named Indiana, and tricks Ravage into falling down a mineshaft. Skids makes the decision to go with Donnie back to the Autobots as he figures out his role in this universe as a warrior to the Autobot cause. Oh yeah, I do know Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, I just wanted to rile some people up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the book. On Transformers Chronicles, we take turns bringing up something from the book, starting with, but not limited to goods, bads. Everyone talks about it. Let's go with John. John, start us off. All right. Well, this issue makes no secret of the fact that it's definitely doing an homage to things. And that homage that it's doing is to the pirate story. Oh, wait, the Western. This is definitely a Western. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say, what? <laughs> it, you know, it's it's funny, though. This, this one talks about high noon all day. Um, this one, it, it definitely is a Western, but it's not really high noon. 
It's, if, if anything, it'd be more like Shane. I don't know if either of you've seen, but it's well, you've got Skids is the guns is he's the gunslinger who's trying to get away from his life, you know, to run away from his past, maybe live, you know, settle down, live a new life. Um, Charlene is the girl he wants to settle down with while she, you know, waxes his hubcaps <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, Poor Wendell is the guy that she's going to wind up settling for. Ravage is the black hat who comes into town, you know, and then Donnie Finkelberg is the the selfish guy who um, winds up exposing the gunslinger and gets almost gets everybody killed. So, but it's it's funny you could take the exact same tropes and things that happen in there and just plug in place those those westerns and you've got the same story, you know, with a few less missiles and robotic cats. Mm. But yeah, High Noon is not this sort of thing. High Noon was, it's a really great movie. If all of you have not, any of you haven't seen it, go see it. It's a Gary Cooper classic. It's they, they, The writer or director wound up getting blacklisted for it because it was an allegory on the Red Scare in Hollywood about people turning in other communists or, or turning up or Oh yeah. The red scare. I'm the red scare. That, those reds, you know, the commies. Yes. <laughs> but not, not the red Skittles. No, not, not the red not Skittles. That, that's okay. a completely different movie. Also red Skittles are delicious. Not one Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Before I get into any specifics about hubcaps, I'm just going to, that's uh, what do you think, Pat? What are you about this one? Or- it's in, kind of interesting that you put that story this way with the Western flair to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it like that. So it makes me think a little bit more differently about this. I was just thinking this is kind of a filler issue, kind of flow over from the last issue, but still a little fillery for me when right. I was reading it. But it did do some good character building, definitely with Skids. Um, and then definitely with some Donnie Finkelberg as well, too. You see his transformation from wanting to take over the world to now he wants to save it. Well, he never really wanted to take over the world. He was no. kind of pushed into that yeah. tradition to save well, his life. I guess, yeah, I guess it's kind of like John said, where, you know, the guy who wanted the world, well, I don't want to say wanted the world, but, you know, wanted to, you know, all the rich and all that and finally got it and then found out, hey, this ain't worth it. I'm going to kind of th- try to throw it away and get back to normal here. And he does do his first truly altruistic act in this by, well, halfway, you know, he steals somebody's clothes, but then pays for it. And then it gets blown up by ravage, but you know, his heart was in the right place. <laughs> and, and Pat, as is what often happens in the real world, when you extend too much and try and get too much money, you wind up getting chased by giant robots. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's surprised so, he didn't have any candy bars left, right? And, and, I mean, he kept. I mean, maybe he's tired of candy bars. You know, yeah. like, if I had one Snickers, I'd be happy too. You know, I'd be okay. After three, it's like eh, I really want Snickers. I'm tired of candy. Ugh. Okay, maybe maybe four or five. I like I like <laughs> Snickers, especially peanut butter. When we keep getting off track, this issue was. I mean, it's not filler, but of the threads that are coming that Bob Budiansky had laid out there, this was that one that was like, okay, let's get this out of the way. (laughs) And maybe that's why you keep saying we kept going, we keep getting off track here is just because it's like, okay, not much to, eh, you know. I will say this. It was a good character study of skids 
Mm-hmm. And what makes me even want to veer, and Ravage, by the way, and yeah. Ravage. But what makes me veer off a lot is that I don't particularly like skids. Yeah. He comes across as like a total wuss. And, and not because he wanted peace. After millions of years of war, anyone would be entitled to having a little bit of downtime where they didn't have to worry about anything else. That part of it, no, I, I don't have an issue with. The thing I did have a problem with is like he got knocked out because someone smacked out his windshield wiper. I mean, through his windshield. And then he was knocked out by the proton missile. And then the mechanic fixed him up. And the mechanic was like, he wasn't even that badly injured. And he's just <laughs> laying there like a cockroach with his legs <laughs> up in the air. Ah, kill me. <laughs> so, so is that just how you get a car in Wyoming or wherever they are? I'm it's pretty- like you- I'm you just wanted sure tipped over somewhere. I'm pretty tipped sure over. that's Wyoming law. Yes. But I love their thought process as they're wandering around having their adventure. They find this car. Wendell sees the car and says, oh, it's just an old junk. Forget it. You know, like you do when you see a van tripped over on its side out near the road. But because they heard the radio on, they realized, oh, the radio works. Well, I'll just keep this then. <laughs> okay, great. Don't you get a title later? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's just let's just push this on over and take it to another one of our uh, strange unsung heroes, the mechanics of this world who fix up uh, damaged Autobots. I'm pretty sure that's the way it works, though, in Wyoming. Like, if you find a car overturned and the radio is working at that yeah, well, time, you can claim it as your own. I'm going to look that up, but I think you are right. <laughs> Before you look that up, do you have any comment about the book? I d- yes. And to tag on what you were saying, you know, it isn't that I don't like skids. Skids is all right. But I think what my whole thing with this, this issue is, and it's, it's always just going to be kind of okay for me is this, it seems like we've, seen this story before and and we'll see it again bob in a lot of filler issues will say here is one robot here is them having a interacting with a human or some humans um a lot of times they'll be having a lot of self-doubt about the situation like ravage Mm -hmm. like bumblebee and then they get into a scrap involving decepticons and get like oh that's right i'm in a war and then they fight and they win and then they go back with greater resolve in order to continue the fight and then we never see them again except for bumblebee who we will see to get shot at again but this one especially was very reminiscent of ratchet you know ratchet's whole thing it was yeah, like he didn't yeah. didn't want to be a warrior but had to at least ratchet had to fight megatron this guy had to fight dream megatron and lose before he fought ravage <laughs> dream megatron <laughs> yeah. yeah go ahead pat oh i was just gonna say and, and even in dream megatron couldn't fly nope well i i saw him like it had happened off panel but no, he did okay. it yeah, he flew really into good. the scene and then he landed and he, and he blew skids away in the dream mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, I can fly in my dream. Fly. <laughs> Moving on. Well, I, I got a question. Do we see Charlene again? Oh God, no, no, no. She and Wendell kids anymore. She, she and Wendell are going to get ma- married, live in a trailer park, and uh, live out their their sad, sad lives. And <laughs> and then one day, one day, Charlene's going to be sitting at home, and she's going to see Danica Patrick, you know, at a NASCAR race, and it's going to mm-hmm. awake, reawaken something in her, and go up. I was having a conversation with um with Jen from Icon Underground, which we probably won't reproduce here, but it was an argument between whether or not she. She was actually attracted to skids 
or if she was attracted to something else, but we all agreed that she probably wasn't attracted to Wendell all that much. But Wendell maybe should set her set his sets higher sights a little higher than the grocery lady, and the grocery lady needs to set her sights higher than the bag boy, but maybe not as high as a robot who's fighting in a war. See, the one part that you didn't mention in that story, John, is that they're going to have kids, and that firstborn is going to be named Skids. Boy or girl, that that, that kid's going to have Skids somewhere in his name. Hopefully not because it's a cyborg in blue and one of the that, that changes the whole perspective of the comic book. Darnley, hey, you got some splatter? Hey, I'm telling you, our listeners are listening with bated breath right now for us to comment on Charlene washing skids. So let's comment on this. Let's just talk about Charlene leaning on over in her shorts and skids um, enjoying this about and really demanding that she polishes the hubcap. So that's not even squinting at a metaphor. The comics code was not doing its job this month. John, <laughs> I, I wasn't that. I saw it and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see it, but I choose not to see it. Much like you guys choose not to see Megatron flying when he's so <laughs> Especially consider Charlene, and they hinted she had a boring life, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this, like, this robot is the most exciting thing that happened to her, and then he and she can go anywhere with him, and he wanted to be with her, yep. and yeah. so paid and paid attention to her, and yeah. uh, you know, she was yeah, able but- to open up more to a robot than to Wendell. I don't know if uh, Bob really got the um, button on the end of the story with the, I'm a robot warrior, you're a cashier, we have to stick to our own worlds. That's pretty pretty cold there, Skids. I mean, she could go to night school. She's not always going to be a cashier. She could, you know, work at the gas station. I don't know. Give, give Skids credit. He doesn't know about the intricacies of junior college. That's true. Right. Yeah, so he's still learning about the world. So he hasn't made it all the way through the Brick Springstern catalog yet. So. Not, not yet, not yet. He, but he, he could must have brought her back to you know be part of the human group that they have. You know, with 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 uh, what's his name, Buster. Buster, yeah. Skids yeah. hasn't really met a human yet, except to get filled up with gas. And oh, like that's true. Yeah, he just came. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, you know, well, then that does make sense, though, because now he's trying to understand, which they do talk about in here, is he's trying mm-hmm. to understand the human life that he just, you know, I'm put on this earth now. What do I do here? This is strange. It's different for me. I'm, you know. And he's an anthropologist. Yeah, it seems peaceful here. And yeah. yeah, I mean, Skid's got to do his job somewhat, even though it was somewhat of an escape for him from the Autobots or whatnot. He did get to do his job a little bit and learn a little bit more about the humans. And maybe that intel he can pass along to the Autobots once he gets back and once Donnie tells the Autobots about the Decepticons plans. Yeah. I do like Ravage in this, though. So. Yeah. Once again, he has 95% of a great day. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> I think, he, you know, he comes along and just kind of and just has some fun. Both of their fights were great. The one, the chase, and then the showdown. Yep. There was some great great drawings in here so, you know with skids being a little it's not exactly how you would picture skids interacting with stuff but his like turning at 90 degrees and stopping at a dying and going up on the yeah road yeah. that was cool the gravity yeah. yep and and even though well, i'll talk about ravage for a second ravage was 
I like how the book opened up. It opened up with, you know, Ravage in the middle of that hunt. And I like how that was described. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Ravage, the one thing that I wish that, like, I mean, I guess he was so on the case of chasing after the robot master that he didn't notice that somewhere nearby he should have been able to smell an Autobot that was dying and should have been able to finish Skids off when he had a chance. But... He was singularly focused on Robot Master at the time. He's probably uh, I will I will write my own uh, no prize for that. <laughs> he was also this is uh, Ravage, and this one is far more like his cartoon incarnation than how he's been before that. Before that, he was like any of the rest of them and talked, but in this one, he's silent and hissing and things. You'll see more and more as it goes on. You'll see a lot of them are are they try to make it as close to how it is in the cartoon as possible. Mm-hmm. I prefer them that way, actually. I like them that way. I, 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 I did in this issue, it especially played off of Skids being more of a talker than mm-hmm. he was a fighter. And yeah. and good job on Skids as well of figuring out a way to get rid of Ravage as well. Yeah. He did a good job with that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess we should talk about Jake and his uh, incredible adventures of his Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> that Lamborghini has been through some stuff, man. <laughs> he has the fastest face turn of anybody ever. I mean, he's sitting there and he's like, goes from oh, all this. And finally his girlfriend like says the right words. All right, you made your point. And he goes from actively trying to destroy a van to forcibly driving a Lamborghini at full speed into a charging robotic Panther. Now that is a flip. <laughs> that is a flip. We're not just talking about ravage as a result of that impact. Ooh, but, um, a rash, but he was, yeah, I, I guess besides every good man with a Lamborghini is a good woman. Maybe. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there's some sort of a motto or moral to be learned from there. But yeah, good on him for that turn. Helped save the day. Uh, Pat, do you have anything else to add, sir? No, I don't. I think we've covered just about what we could here. At I least think from so. My end. I mean, showdown was was simple. I mean, they did have a pretend showdown with Megatron. I like that way that they wedged Megatron in there, even if it was just a dream sequence. But the real showdown with uh, Ravage was a good one as well. And that was right about the power level that Skids needed to be able to handle. All's well that ends well. I'm sure some will see Ravage again at some point. Uh, But uh. yeah, I can. I have a feeling he's, you know, come on. He can't get out of that pit. Yeah, at least going to give them a running start. At least it takes him a while. Yeah, I think he'll be there for a minute, but overall he'll be okay. He'll be all right. Now is the time for us to talk about who had the touch, where we talk about which character in the book stood out the most, be it Autobot, Decepticon, or human. Who had the touch? I'll just give it to Skids. I mean, it's his issue. He went through the arc. He made the right decision, like the cover told us he was going to have to in his dream and his massive design flaws and all. Like, so you go completely unconscious if you're hitting the window. That is really something you should have Wheeljack take care of. (laughs) 
That is not the last design flaw of Skids that we're going to see either, by the way. Skids did the most stuff, so he wins. So Skids has a touch. All right. I'll go next. I'm going with Wendell. Wendell? Because, (laughs) I mean, Wendell helped fix Skids. Wendell sucks. Wendell doesn't suck. Wendell, Wendell. Wendell knows his lot in life. And he's happy with it. I mean, he is he's a grocer and he's like, This is where I am now, so I'm going to be happy. I Wendell, don't think there's anything wrong with that. Wendell is a nice guy, and Wendell is doing all of these things because he thinks it's gonna get him Charlie. And he's tried everything from inviting himself over to her house to stalking her in the parking lot to see who she's dating that isn't him. No, I'm just he saying just wants to be loved. Exactly. He just he wants just, to be loved. He, he needs to understand that just because you want to be loved doesn't mean the target of your affections wants anything to do with you. Charlene obviously wants the skids. Doesn't want anything to do with Wendell. Wendell needs to move on. If he's happy being a bag boy, he could be happy being a bag boy. But I have a feeling that he's a bag boy because he wants some of that Charlene he's never going to get. Wendell should be a bag boy for the Decepticons then if she wants some skids. <laughs> I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on a Jerry Springer show now. I got <laughs> Before we start fighting and slinging chairs, Pat, please tell us who had the touch. <laughs> you know, like John said, it, it's got to be skids for this one. I mean, this was his little mini issue episode here but my my backup is going to be tied between ravage and finkelberg Mm -hmm. i think ultimately i'd probably go with donnie Donnie. why because he's he ran away knew what he's got to do he definitely out tricked ravage in the beginning with knowing he had to get rid of the costume and burying it and then when it came time to to help out and you know, just do some distraction in that. He he helped out and he had to snap skids into knowing, Hey man, you're a transformer. You, you're an Autobot. You, this is what you need to do. You need to help me get to them. Because yeah, I think that's at the end, in the end, he's up on the ground, ravages in a hole. So yeah, that's right. And you know what? (laughs) You don't need, you don't need my approval, you know, for, I, I I let your stand alone. I'm not like John, you know, for throwing people's, who the touches and stuff, but yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm gonna stifle my feelings and pretend I'm not hurt and move on. if we talked about the touch then someone had to be out of touch we talk about the character that was the worst in the book and they should be forced to sit idly by while the girl you like is watching another guy's <laughs> hubcaps in a segment <laughs> called less than meets the eye i did all that talking of wendell and then wrote that less than meets the eye i should be somewhat ashamed of that anyway <laughs> john who is less than meets the eye Oh, I would feel bad picking Wendell now. So I guess Ravage, you know, he had 95% of a great day. It's that when the 5% was him falling into a um, into a well that we're not going to see him for another 20 issues or so. So I guess Ravage has got to take less than BCI. It's going to be that long? Really? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe in a couple issues or so, but wow. Interesting. There are many other Transformers. We've got to move on from Ravage, you know. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, it's a, it's a plot point, but they don't really come back to it for a while. Interesting. 
They, I don't even think they reveal how he got out of there. <laughs> he's just like, they they're very out of sight, out of mind. Okay, hey, look, he's back. Savage. <laughs> Pat. I'm going to go with Wendell. All that said and done. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Wendell's off. <laughs> I'm trying to get John to turn around the other way now. (laughs) Why window pat? Uh, You know, like you guys said, he's, he's, you know, he's doing all this and that, and he's got some alternative motives there that could be other than what wanting it for love. But, you know, I don't know. I had to pick somebody. Yeah. That's all, John. Go ahead. I'm just saying, hey, next month, the aerial bots are in it. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're going we're, we're, we're to get to the high note. I'm going to get to my lesson meets the eye. For me, it's Skids. Like, was he the hero of the story? Yes. Did I like him? Not really. To where Bob Budiansky sold the heck out of me on some blaster. And I'm like, blaster's cool. And he yeah, turns to a true. radio and he has an electron blaster. And Skids, he gets knocked out, with, which has to be the Autobot equivalent of a fainting spell. I don't know. It did just it just didn't do it for me. It was a bit pitchy, dog. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna give it to Skids. I can't argue with you, and I picked him for more than meets the uh, <laughs> for the touch. All right, we are all done talking about issue twenty. Well, not quite, because we have to talk about the overall ratings for the book. One's low, ten's high. I'm going first. And I'm right where I am with the cover. I'm at a six. Was it a bad story? No. Was it a plot thread that Bob wanted to close up? Yes. Did he have to close it up? No. He could have given Skids the ravage treatment that he gets 20 issues from now and just said, oh, hey, we went and got Skids. But (laughs) there was a story that he wanted to tell there and uh, maybe it just gave him a respite to uh, get to that point. Or maybe he just felt like it was too much action and just wanted to slow it down a little bit. So for that slow down, I give it a six. Pat. I'm going to agree with you on the six. I'm going to go higher on the story just because of all the character development that was going on here compared to just the kind of static cover that didn't have a lot to do with what happened in the book. Um, but yeah, definitely a six. Moved me above halfway. Okay. John. Ah. Uh, Ah, far be it for me to disagree with you gentlemen. I will also give this a six. I was musing giving it a five. There's a lot of other ones that I have and will give a five to, which essentially mean I I couldn't tell you a thing about it. This one I can at least remember. Mm -hmm. Its wackiness adds to it, but it doesn't really do more than just that, really. And I, I was coming in lower on it. Before we recorded and just through our conversations here, it helped me bump it up a little bit. Yeah, I I think I think we're at a good place on this one, Mike. It was one of those uniquely memorable ones. Every every issue of every comic book can't be that ten. There is there's not a series that exists. I love Amazing Spider Man, and every Amazing Spider Man issue has not been a ten. Oh God, some of them are really downright like threes or fours. (laughs) So I mean, it happens. It does happen, and if it can make you remember it for some reason, good or bad, you know, this one I'll remember it. Yeah, you know, I'll see the cover, and then I'll remember the story. So it, it's done its job. And John remembered it, and I remembered it. I remember details about this book before I even opened it, and that does say something about what the book was. <laughs> 
We can and never will leave you without John's segment of the show called Transformer Spotlight, where he discusses a particular Transformer, which was featured in today's issue. Take it away, John. Here is what you would see on the back of Skid's card if you bought him back in the day. Uh, Skid's allegiance is Autobot. His function was theoretician. His motto was deep down, we are more like than unlike humans. This is a motto that IDW writer James Roberts thought was so lame that he had Skids himself reference this fact in his comic more than meets the eye. Skids is a daydreamer. He often bumps into things at 60 miles an hour while pondering Earth's life instead of a Decepticon attack. Considers Earth one vast lab for his research. Uh, his findings are often invaluable to fellow Autobots. Enormous memory storage capacity. Carries a liquid nitrogen rifle with 600 foot range. Twin electron blaster of 20,000 volts can short circuit almost anything. At 60 miles per hour can stop within 25 feet. Not very fast and often in danger due to daydreaming. His strength is a 4, his intelligence is 9, his speed is a 5, his endurance is a 6, his rank is an 8. What is this with all the Autobots of high rank deciding that they're maybe done with the war? Autobots got issues. Big issues. His courage is 10, his firepower... Oh, courage is 7, I'm sorry. Firepower is 7 and skill is 7. All of those are on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, as with all of the Autobot cars until 1986, Skids was originally released into Kara's Diaclone toy line as Car Robot Number no. 9 Honda City Turbo. Uh, this version included a small scooter that could fit inside the hatch area of the car mode, representing a Honda Motocompo folding truck bike, as well as a plastic and die cast driver that could ride inside the vehicle mode. Uh, you could get your robot Honda in black, blue, or red. Uh, the blue version was selected for Skids. Skids was technically released at the very end of the first wave of cars, but they didn't show up in the cartoon or comic until the first of the second wave characters, so he's generally lumped in people's minds with the second wave. To aid him in his peaceful mission of anthropology, Skids comes with a rocket pod, uh, a twin electron blaster, a liquid nitrogen rifle, and three rockets. Skids is a really wonderful example of how vastly different interpretations of a character can still all be true. Bob writes theoretician in his Skids function, which is, you know, one of those words that isn't a word. It means someone who develops or uses theories. That's what a theoretician is. So Bob also gives him a weakness of daydreaming, getting him into trouble. And he uses both of those things to develop Marvel Skids as a stranger in a strange land who loves it here and he has a hard time keeping his mind on the job, what with all the Brick Springstern and Cowgirls giving him baths. But James Roberts writes Skids in More Than Meets the Eye and then in Lost Light, Catch Me on the Rod Pod, and Maggie and I will tell you all about it. Uh, but he took those same pillars and he added three more pillars of the toy coming with two huge guns and three missiles he looked at this guy and he said this is no anthropologist and he gave us basically Jason Bourne the Autobot when we meet him he has a big chunk of his memories are deleted and he spends quite a lot of time thinking about this fact which then distracts him from what's going on around him like a daydream messing it up um, his function of theoretician in that case James Robert interprets that as a MacGyver like environmental improvisational skills his brain is so huge and he's constantly calculating and coming up with things that he's 
that he uh, does all these new things. He is an incredible character, and he would not exist as that character if Bob had not have done him this way. So it is really neat to see how you can have two tremendously different versions that are still, you, you could say, this guy's skids because look at the card. This guy's skids, look at the card. So I just I love that these kinds of stories can be told with these characters that are as varied as the different kinds of toys that there have been over the years. Thanks, as always, to TFU.info and Transformerland.com. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, all those guns and stuff, they're like, yeah, we got to do something else with this dude. Because, <laughs> I mean, they could have just given him, like, you know, I don't know, laser pistol, like, pew, and like, no, he has a lot of cool weapons. Like, <laughs> he really does. I like that spin on them, and, and I need yeah, to read Yeah, that sounds more. interesting. Yeah, um, James Roberts. I actually know someone named James Roberts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I need to I need to read some more to MCI then and see how uh, this new, cool MacGyver-like Skids is, because that sounds like a character. That's not yeah, a wolf. Yeah, you'd like him. Let's go to a promo break. The Transformers will return after these messages. Tell me his name again. Thanos. I think I shall call him... Adam. But return to me again empty-handed, and I will bathe the starways in your blood. Thanks, Dad. Sounds fair. Korvac's power grows, as does his madness. He would have destroyed us all. Had I not pulled us into the soul gem. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. After Xandar, you were going to kill my father? You dared to oppose me. You see what he has turned me into? You kill him, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. It's all right, Adam. We're here to help. Just stay cool. Uh, I don't want to be here! Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Five years and going strong. Every other week, mostly. For all of your Adam Warlock, Thanos, or Marvel Cosmic needs. Find it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com Adam Warlock. You cannot keep leaving your philosophy books open on the floor. I always trip on them in the middle of the night on my way to the can. We now return to the Transformers. Now it's time for Transmissions, where we heap praise upon our audience for listening to us. We really appreciate all the love and attention we get uh, from the show. So we are going to be reading uh, some social media like shares and retweets talking about Transformers issue 19 um, from episode 19. And I'll start us off with Aaron Head Moss. Aaron Myers Brooks. Adam Trudeau. Al Sedano. We keep leaving our wild with him. Gotta get it. Andrew Morris. Andrew Schmersall. I'm going to go with Schmersall. If it isn't that, I apologize to you and all the times you've had to correct people for your entire life there, Andrew. Angelica Fetty Wolf. Oh. Austin Kuykendall. BK on the air. Brian Yates. Charles Miller. Charlton Hero. Chaston Buenteo. 
Chomp Nomsky saxophone. <laughs> Chris Lydon. Chris at VT on Bad Books. He came to the show. Let it roll. Down the highway. Christopher Outlet. Christopher P. Cisneros. Chuck Rodriguez. Clinton Robinson. Coffee and Comics. Comic Reflections. Damien Souder. Dan Mueller or Miller. Danilo Dulay. David Mattioli. Debeche. <laughs> Derek William Crabb. Discovery Bay Comics. Dustin Stab. Eric Williams. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. <laughs> Gene Hendricks. Green Lantern HG. Gregor Szczynski. Hal Jordan. H-O-C-O-F. Hoover Jeremiah. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jarrett Ulbrich, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Jeffrey Fonzo. Jonathan Chan. Jose Luis Santana. Keith Black. Ken Solo. Kevin M. <laughs> King Dinosaur. Scott M. West. The lovely Laurel Mountain Flower. Lawrence Terry Scott. My wife, Maggie in the Rain with comics. Maggie in the Rain. rain. We were holding she was comics. They got all soggy. <laughs> Manuel Canyete Mendoza. Matt Large. Like in charge. Uh, Mauricio Cafiero. Max reads comics. Max Traver. Mike Garvey. Mike Seibert. We should try to have him on sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I... Moises Hernandez. This is my favorite new name that I've seen. A nerd jolly jingle jam room. His name is my name, too. <laughs> hey, that's what <laughs> Whenever we they go out. Patrick Devins. Philip O. Oh. 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 Philip Packer. Professor Frenzy. It's a show. Radioactive dinosaur. <laughs> Ray John Manuel Shearer. The Reverend Odell Abner Dracula. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Rick Heineken. Roberto Romero. The lovely Ruth Sutherland. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, a.k.a. Sean. Serena Krosik. Or Krosik. Serena. Thanks, Serena. Spooky Waffles. Stephen Parrish. Tomas Mazai. Tim Drake Podcast. Tim Elliott. Tim Priest, the Podcrasher. He has his own show. Can he still be called the Podcrasher now? He, he insists. We have, oh. we have to for every time we don't. He, we have to book him for another uh, <laughs> over on Married with Comics. So so I'd appreciate it if you'd all keep it up. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Tommy Clark. Tony Schmidt. Unpacking the power of Power Pack from or like Pat would like to let us know. Is there any power like the Power Pack power? Because Power Pack power don't stop. Pat? No, I don't think there is. No way. No, because yeah. it don't stop. No, nope. no, it's all the way from from here to Oregon. <laughs> all the way right there to Oregon. 
Bernard Jeffries. I'm saving y'all from like uh, you know Rick has rage about that Oregon Oregon thing. I, I would I would leave him alone. Does he? I I didn't. Yeah, well, then he can kiss my answer, but... Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. We oh. apologize. Uh, Thank yeah, you, Yazar. Yeah, sorry. For you, uh, used in that juvenile, yet actually really apropos and hilarious joke. Uh, and finally, Zachary Carter. Holy crap. That was a lot of names. That was oh, a lot man. of names. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, I started scrolling down like, oh, my goodness. And, oh, good grief. The comments, too. Yes, yes. People... <laughs> yeah, uh, Thank you. We, yeah, thank you so much. This is this is crazy. I'll start with social media comments from one from uh, Jason King who says Omega Supreme or Old Mega Supreme. At least that's how my Southern accent always pronounced it. <laughs> I was so glad to relive this issue in memories of one of my favorite toys as a kid. This episode, this entire episode, had the touch for my heart. Oh, I think it hit a it hit a good tone with a lot of people. Like, I mean, people yeah. saw Omega Supreme and kind of geeked out, and that is a good thing. That's what we're doing this for. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't think there was so much love for him, but it's interesting. I find it, you know, me being kind of new, so it's just interesting. And that's He's cool that we cool. could bring. People like him. Oh, agreed. Yeah. That's... Yeah, definitely. I'll just take the next one from. Green Lantern HG, and he says another supreme episode, guys. <laughs> I see what he did there. Yeah, 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 see what I did there. Oh, he even says that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking on the original comic and cartoon, I don't remember there being a lot of combiner battles on the top of my head. I think five. Am I wrong? Hmm, thinking face. I don't, I, you know what? I'm wrong person to ask. <laughs> they once they started making combiners, they wound up fighting a fair amount. They they've started showing up at tail end of season two, and then we're there throughout season three. We're gonna get our share of some combiners here over the next few issues yep. uh, in Marvel Land. So stay tuned for that, there, GL. I can think of at least three combiners that are gonna make their presence. At least three. Rick from Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack says, Tonight the Rumble action figure on the shelf above me attacked me during the recording of a show. I do not know what this has to do with this show, but I am secure it does. Well, Rick, as always, making it all about him. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, it's my robot man powers that I'm coming after you, Rick. You don't like the way I say things? Mm, <laughs> toys. Yikes. Uh, we better move on. We got a... Uh... Let's see. We got some comments from uh, from Jared, the Artel Arts. But since he's on the show, Jared, thank you for your comments. He's giving us crap because he was saying that uh, we should have him on the show uh, since it was talking about leadership. And he, by the way, has a new has a podcast that he does. Um, if you want to go check it out, it's at LTWJ Pod on Twitter. Um, but he wanted us to have him on the show, and I'm sure we'll have Jared on the show at some time. Um, that's going to happen. Jared also wanted us to know no tomatoes on his no, Omega Supreme. Place. No tomato. Oh, tomato. I'm sorry, Pat. Tomato. I'm going to turn this podcast around. You two can't. <laughs> Go ahead with another comment, y'all. Damien Souter said, talk excessive time limited. It was a lovely quote from some dude named Omega Supreme. <laughs> We're going to take one from Christopher Owlet, and he says, I just love seeing these covers again. So thank you. We're glad we can make you excited about seeing covers. 
And y'all, we had other comments, and I just want to least read names. Uh, we had one from Chuck Topley, uh, Y2KNW, who has the uh, handle of Great Canadian Neckbeard, basically, which is very nice. Fan from Fridays, Keith Black, Gary Duncan, uh, Chris Ma, and Daryl Crenshaw. Uh, y'all, man, wow. Thank you so much for all those comments and like shares retweets and like shares retweets yeah um if we happen to miss a few we apologize though it's certainly a good problem to have but we do not want to forget to recognize anyone just being us on twitter facebook or instagram and we will correct it for next issue and that is the show please come back and join us for the next episode where as john already mentioned we discuss Transformers 21 and the debut of the Aerobots. Woo! Yeah. If you would like to hear more from us, the Longbox Crusade is in a lot of places. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most podcatchers to include Anchor and Spotify. At www.longboxcrusade.com, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Longbox Crusade. Patreon, Longbox Crusade, and we have a YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We have a do a live stream. We do once a month, every second Sunday. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Couple of shout outs, one to our Crusaders Club members. Please come and join us. Membership starts at $1 a month. If you go to that Patreon link that I mentioned, we do all sorts of crazy stuff there, and we would love for you to come along with us. Also like to give a shout out to Omaha Bound Entertainment, who does those hard bindings for those special comic books in your collections, custom designing for each cover. So every single hardcover they design is unique, as well as selling special trade collections of hard to find comics. All of this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Pat, please tell us where you can be found on social media. Well, Devin, I am glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at ChrisStatos01. John, why don't you tell us about your podcast and where you can be found on the interwebs? I don't mind if I do, Pat. Uh, You can find Maggie, my wife, and myself do a couple of podcasts. We cover Transformers IDW Phase 2 comics in order on Transformers The Rod Pod. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff on Married With Comics. You can find either of those things by pointing your podcatchers towards the terms Married With Comics. You can find us anywhere you found this place. Plus, you can find us on uh, Amazon Podcasts as of... Uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's very exciting too. Otherwise I am on Twitter at MWC underscore podcast and Maggie is at Maggie N the rain. And I can be found on Twitter at D E underscore R A Y one nine seven seven. See you next time. And remember freedom is the right of all sentient beings to all are one till all are one. one. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. No one's gonna take me alive. The time has come to make things right.
Live. No one's gonna.